Hello, and welcome to the very first episode of Gospel Music Report, a show where we discuss pretty much anything we want about the gospel music world and the people in it. But first, I want to take a moment and say thank you to the ones who have liked the Facebook page and followed me on my other social media platforms. The last time I spoke to you, we were about to head into 2017, and I made the comment that with the new year comes new opportunities. Well, that's exactly what happened to me after I came back from vacation and found out I no longer had a job. That fortunately turned out to be an opportunity in disguise and gave me the push I needed to change directions and start on a different path. Because of that, I needed to set the show aside to address some much more pressing matters, but since then, quite a few opportunities have presented themselves, and I'm actually going to be moving pretty soon to another state. So if the location and the setup of the future videos look different, that's why. I'm also still experimenting with the way I'm going to record both audio and video, so there's that, and eventually I'd like to buy some equipment specifically designed for the type of production I want to put into this show. Those of you who have already been to my Patreon page know all about that, and if you haven't checked it out, feel free to do so after the video. Over there I explain the setup I want to use, as well as how I'd like the show to be able to help different gospel music groups and the costs involved in doing all of that, but... That's neither here nor there. Uh, well, it's there. It's just not here, so that's not true. Um, welcome to the first edit I'll be making on Gospel Music Report. Anyways, with all of that taken care of, let's get into episode one of the show. I want to jump right into what I feel is a very important topic and something that has become quite controversial in the gospel music world and controversial in a way that's really only unique to this industry. That topic, of course, is money. It's almost become a dirty word when associated with the gospel, but the truth of the matter is, money is the lifeblood of this industry. Now keep in mind that money is not evil. The Apostle Paul said that the love of money is the root of all evil. I don't love money, but I do love seeing the happiness that can come from using it wisely. But you can't spend what you don't have. In the parable Christ teaches concerning the talents, the servant who didn't make an investment on their master's money was considered worthless and lost everything. But the two servants who invested, even when they had little, they were in turn given much. There's not much that is more fulfilling than investing in the life of someone else and seeing a successful return. Aside from your tithe, when you put money into the offering plate, it's the same as when you give money to the ministry of sharing the gospel and the song. Now, I'm not going to expound on the discussion of gospel music groups being entertainment versus ministry. The truth is, they're both. Just like there's a very real business side to churches, and if you disagree with that, well, it's just because you want to. But back to money. We've all heard it said a million times, if you're in it for the money, you're in it for the wrong reason. And while this sounds honorable, it's only partially true. Money's always been one of the more important reasons people do anything, and though currency can most certainly come in many forms, dollar signs are the main source of payment one receives for providing a service. And the labor that God gives us is no different. Let's not forget, even he wants a portion of the earnings. So don't forget those tithes and offerings. The fact of the matter is this. For most people who throw this statement around, it's an attempt to paint the need for money in a negative light and demonize the business side of music. That's actually not anything new, because sadly, many people who want a bigger slice of the pie tend to try and discredit the ones with the pie. And because of this, Paying someone to go out and give a music concert suddenly becomes a source of contention, which is frankly ridiculous. 
Now, there are already some great sources of information on what it takes financially to run the Average Gospel Music Quartet. One source that comes to mind is the six-part series from Danny Jones entitled They Charge How Much? over at the Singing News website. If you're curious, I highly suggest you check it out and listen to what he has to say. If you'd like to do that, I've posted the links to each segment of his series in the video description below. As far as my video goes, I'm not going to break down all of the expenses and whatnot. However, I will give you some things to consider. So let's get started. The average income in America for a single earner is roughly $27,000, working approximately 40 hours a week. That means for spending 40 hours or so away from your family each week, you'd make around $500. Now keep in mind, most gospel groups are gone for three to four days per week, which is anywhere from 70 to 90 hours away from home. That's double the amount of time the average American spends working. So ask yourself this question. Is what you make at your job worth spending more than half of your week away from home? Not an easy question to answer, and most would say that it is not. But here's where we get to the nitty-gritty, and tell me if you've experienced this before. You're sitting in church, and shortly before the pastor steps up to give his message, someone walks up to the platform to sing a special number. And this someone is not exactly gifted in the musical arts, as they say. I guarantee a lot of you already have somebody in mind. Now, this person could have a heart of gold, but that just never seems to translate up to their vocal cords. Now, this happens a lot in churches, and it's because for Christians, it's difficult for us to utter those necessary words, your singing is bad. And I'm not here to necessarily argue that those people shouldn't be allowed to sing at church, but think of it this way. What if suddenly we had to pay money to hear them? What if suddenly there was a small economic side to those Sunday music specials? Obviously, the more talented singers would be the ones you'd prefer to hear if you had to empty out your pocketbook, but then how do those less talented people get any stage time? Well, they'll obviously just sing for less money, and probably for free even. And in a very simplified comparison, that's one of the bigger problems in the gospel music industry today. Now, there are lots and lots of gospel music groups out there, from soloists to multi-membered family groups, and lots of groups that, to put it quite frankly, are just not that good. When you honestly consider that very true fact, it becomes easy to understand why money could become such a divisive topic. Take the group in category A, for example, who finds the best singers they can find and gets them because they're offering respectable pay and providing the best travel situation so they can come and give your audience the best concert performance possible. Then you have the group from category B who either gets some friends together or singers that aren't the best they can find because they aren't offering much pay. I mean, hey... We're just a part-time group. And they travel in a rental vehicle or separate cars and maybe even borrow the venue's sound system to come give you their best performance possible. Now, are both groups giving their best? You could certainly argue that, but the point is that the ticket price for the group in Category A is going to be worth more in just about every situation. Now, there, of course, are exceptions to every rule. There are some very talented singers out there who are either just getting started or have yet to have got the recognition that would allow them to be exposed to the types of audiences who would gladly pay them for what they're worth. But back to my original point, why aren't they getting that exposure? Well, it's because of a lot of the groups I mentioned above in Category B. It actually makes it more difficult for up-and-coming groups to find a place in this industry when it's oversaturated with the kind of people who will say, we don't ask for big flats like those other groups, but if you're in it for the money, you're in it for the wrong reason. No, you don't ask for the big flats because nobody in their right mind would actually pay you that much. And let's not forget about the groups in Category C. 
that are only finding dates because of some distant tie to a group from the glory days. I totally understand why some of these promoters don't want to pay $1,500 for the gospel gallopers to come in, sing the same songs, tell the same jokes, insult the same people, and not to mention show up with a completely different group than advertised because heaven forbid they can keep any personnel longer than six months. Gospel music concerts used to be something that listeners took pride in attending. It was something that was an event, something that they planned in advance and looked forward to. Christian families today will spend around $2,000 for a week in a Disney World, but aren't willing to pay $20 to see a gospel music concert. Why? Because there's anywhere between two to four of them per month they can see down the road from their house for free. And more than half the time, it's by groups they could care less about hearing. Now, can you imagine if this were to happen in the secular music industry? In 2013, Taylor Swift played at the Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, Tennessee. It was not a one-night, but a three-night event. Ticket prices ranged from $30 to $90, and every night she performed to a sold-out crowd. Now, picture the following year. Bridgestone Arena representatives say they're not going to have her back, but instead, they're having Henry's daughter from the bar down the street come and perform with her cousin's band. Now, first of all... There's 0% chance you're going to sell tickets for the same price as the Taylor Swift concert. And even if you said it was a free show, a good portion of the previous year's attendance wouldn't show up. In fact, most likely the main reason anyone would show would be simply to hang out with their friends at the Bridgestone Arena. Folks, the ultimate reason why money has become such a taboo topic in the gospel music industry is because it's all been cheapened. If you're one of the people who have been asking yourself, why isn't gospel music what it used to be? I urge you to change the question and instead ask, why isn't gospel music being treated the way it used to be? If you want this industry to become something greater, you need to start treating it like it is, or at the very least, like it can be. You see, spreading the message of the gospel and seeing it affect somebody's life is what makes all of this travel, production, and the personal time involved worth it. However, money is what makes it all possible yet less and less fans and concert promoters are willing to part with it. If money is the lifeblood of the industry, which I believe I've made a strong argument that it is, then we need to quickly do some emergency surgery and allow that blood to flow freely again. And there you have it. Episode 1 of Gospel Music Report. I really appreciate you taking the time to watch and listen, and I hope that you'll stick around for future episodes. If you haven't got around to it yet, don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel or like the Facebook page so you don't miss out on what's next. Also, if you like what I'm trying to do here and want it to continue, please consider checking out my Patreon page over at patreon.com slash gospelmusicreport and consider supporting the show. If you don't already know, I've got some pretty big plans for this thing and how it can help some of the gospel groups out there that are struggling to make it. That said, it all takes money which may or may not be why I chose this topic as the first episode. If you would, feel free to share this video and help me get the word out. And please leave your feedback in the comment section below. Again, I'm David Mann, and this has been your Gospel Music Report. So until next time, have a great week, and God bless.